Season 2, Episode 1 of The Defiant Ones here at Historical Washington Hall. What's going on? I'm Kevin Deers, host of The Defiant Ones. Welcome back. And how could we start things off any better than talking to a guy that is homegrown here in Washington State? He is, you know, freaking 18-year-old prodigy, but he's on your TV every week now. Nick, Nick, Nick fucking Wayne. <laughs> What's up, bro? How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I would say you got to be good, man. Like, your life has changed so much. Let's update you, let, or update on you and everything. Um, Man, so... You graduated high school. Congratulations. Did, yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. So uh, a few things that you've done so far, you, you you traveled to Japan. You wrestled in Japan. I did, yes. Awesome. And that was for GCW? Um, DDT. DDT. Tell me about your experience with DDP, DDT in Japan. Oh, man. <laughs> so uh, I went to DDT. I toured for DDT for two and a half weeks yeah. uh, right before uh, my AEW debut. Literally yep. getting home. Two days before uh, the AEW debut, um, but two and a half weeks with DDT Pro Wrestling, and I'm very inspired and very heavily influenced by Japanese wrestling mm -hmm. and the Japanese wrestling style, and DDT is one of the top wrestling promotions in yeah. Japan um, right now and of all time. And uh, so just being able to tour with them was just so in incredible and being a part of their culture for a second time. Yeah. And, wrestling their top guys was just so awesome because I've seen all of their work before and they've came to the U S once before when, uh, DDT did a show over WrestleMania weekend. DDT yeah. goes Hollywood. Um, but just being in their environment and being around a style of professional wrestling that you admire so much was just an honor to be around. And I was very blessed to be around those guys. And the Japanese wrestling style is no joke. Yes. It's, it's really like no other. They're they're going to beat your ass. You know what I mean? So it, it was very, it, it's something I'll hold on to forever. It was a very amazing tour. I'm very glad I got to do that. Um, so obviously your father, Buddy Wayne, did, did your father ever get to travel to Japan to wrestle? Do you know? Uh, he did not, but my grandfather, wow. Moondog Ed Moretti, was a two-time All Japan Pro Wrestling Tag Team Champion. That's awesome. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's so cool, man. Wow, continuing the family tradition over in Japan. That's amazing. So, <laughs> yes, very uh, blessed. So two days later, let's bring us back to that night, man. AEW debut. Bring us through that day and that night, man. So the day before, so the show, the debut show was in Saskatoon, Canada. Very mm -hmm. state you don't hear, or a city you don't hear about sure, <laughs> often. Yeah. So it was, it was difficult travel to get there, right? So... Originally, it was a flight from Seattle to, I believe, Calgary, mm -hmm. then Calgary to Saskatoon. Tuesday night, we fly out to Calgary. There's a delay in Seattle to Calgary. That delay makes us miss our connection. Oh, no. We get there. We land. The flight takes off to Saskatoon in probably five minutes. We okay. got to go through customs, too. Yeah. It's like, there's no way we're making this. Yeah. Um, once we talk to people about figuring out travel since we missed this flight, they say the next flight to Saskatoon isn't until tomorrow at 3 p.m. And I'm like, there's no way. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no way. And I, I can't miss the show. Yeah. This, is, this is a match that's been built up for basically a year and a half. And this is your first time there. This is my first time there. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to. You can't show up to work. Right. The first day late <laughs> or just not show up. That's a bad look. I know. It was insane. But yeah. basically talking to travel agent all night. I stayed the night in Calgary and on a different airline went to Vancouver. So Calgary to Vancouver, then Vancouver to Saskatoon. Okay. Made it nice. You made it. But 
the day before, so all that flight issues mm-hmm. was one thing. Stressing. Yep. The nerves about the match was a whole nother thing. I I get nervous before my matches. Okay. I get butterflies before my matches. It's just something that happens, and I heard it means you care. When you get nervous, it means you really care. And I get nervous before all my matches. And these nerves, it wasn't even the day of the match. And these nerves were something I've never felt before. I was like, this is really happening. This is like a, a year and a half of built anticipation, and it's happening tomorrow. Yep. This is on live TV. This is an arena. It's in front of thousands of people. People have been waiting for this moment for a year and a half. It's like you have to bring it. You, you have to bring your A game. You have to look the best. You have to do your best. Pressure is applied tomorrow night. Yep. So the nerves were just going, man. Mm-hmm. Then I make it to Saskatoon. The nerves were on the way there. They were up. But once we got to the arena, they they chilled a little bit. You know, I'm kind of in this environment that I've been around a few times, meeting new people, but also being around people that I've been around plenty. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the environment was so much different. You know, it's on a bigger stage. It's on national TV. It's in an arena. Mm-hmm. Things are much more different uh, on that aspect of professional wrestling. Oh, but yeah. Leading up to it, the preparation before the match, you know, taking promo pictures, taking filming these video packages before the match, yeah. leading up to the match, these nerves were just killing me, man. I was like, this is this is crazy. Like, this is really it. Mm-hmm. And the whole day was just people blowing up my phone, like, tonight's tonight. Like, this is this is what we've been waiting for. Like, kill this shit, you know what I mean? So it's like already having all of these built up nerves and then having all these people from around the world saying, I'm watching bro, like kill this. You know what I mean? It's like, Oh my gosh, dude. (laughs) But, um, the experience was overall incredible. Yeah. And somewhere like Saskatoon, which is somewhere I've never wrestled before. And I don't think a lot of people nowadays have wrestled in Mm -hmm. busting out of the curtain for the first time on national TV in front of the AW audience and hearing the ovation in a city that I've never been to before on a stage that I've never been on before and hearing the ovation just felt like the biggest warm welcome of all time. And it just felt like, it just felt like what I was looking at from the stage. If this whole arena was just two big open arms, opening me a welcome. I love that is basically what it felt like. And if you watch my entrance, I run down the ramp, I get to the bottom of the ramp and I stop Mm -hmm. and I just admire Everything that's around. You take it in. You have to. Yes. Because everyone told me, take it in. Stop and smell the roses when you can. And I said, there's only going to be one first time. Mm -hmm. And I got to the bottom of the ramp and I stopped and I smelt the roses. I looked at the ring. I looked at the ring announcer. I looked at all of the fans in attendance. There was cameramen everywhere. And I'm like, this is it. You know, this is, it is now time. This is it. So it just, it felt like such a warm welcome and it was such a, an amazing feeling that that is what the debut felt like. I mean, honestly, you know, it's, it's kind of poetic in the sense that, you know, what, three months old, four months old, you get into a wrestling ring, you know, six, seven or eight years old or whatever it is, you first start training. Your whole life was building to that moment. Absolutely. That's exactly what it felt like. Yeah. <laughs> and and you made it to the dance. Now you're dancing with the stars. Not, pardon the pun, but what, what did it mean to have your first showcase, your first match against Swerve. It it was good, man. It was it was great, honestly. Because Swerve, before I met Swerve, before I wrestled with Swerve, I 
would come here to Defy and I'd watch all of his matches. He main evented every show. He was a former Defy world champion, two-time. Mm-hmm. And I I looked up to him. I looked up to his work. Even before he came to Defy, when he was in CZW, I was watching his stuff. In Lucha yeah. Underground, I was watching his stuff. And he is a very big influence to me, inside and out of the ring. So once the first time we stepped foot in the ring here at Defy, and I felt that connection between us, and I felt we had this kind of this tension between us where I was like, this is something that we could do for years. You know what I mean? This just felt like a fight that could continue to grow. Yeah. And then we did it once again at Defy in a bigger match. Mm-hmm. And then we did it on national TV in yeah. a bigger match. And it just feels like it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And I feel like it's going to keep feeling like that and doing that for years. Well, I mean, he comes and he messes with you at your home in your in your uh, training ground. I mean, obviously, he's out for blood, dude. So it's gonna escalate, dude. Like it you is. guys are on a serious warpath right now. So I can only see yes it getting bigger and more violent. Yes, that's that's why I say bigger fights rather than a. That's why I say we have a big fight together, not a big connection together. Mm-hmm. If you look at someone maybe like me and Titus Alexander or me and Cody Chun, we have an outside relationship together. We are very close friends, so we bond in the ring as opponents. We're here looking for each other's respect versus when me and Swerve are in the ring, we're looking to hurt each other, Yeah, basically. He, he breaks into my home, you know, here at Defy. He's busted me open. He has left two major scars on my face and... That's why I say it's more of a fight rather than more of a connection. Absolutely, man. It's a lot of disrespect. So uh, we're going to pause for just a moment and we'll be back with more on Nick Wayne on the Defiant Ones. All right. And then pause for a commercial. We'll come back more. And we're back here with Nick Wayne. Nick, Nick, Nick fucking Wayne (laughs) here on Defiant Ones, man. And uh, let's go back a couple months, man. So you win the Defy world heavyweight championship here at washington hall and that was before you debuted at aew what was that moment like for you man because you know this is your hometown and this is defy what did that feel like for you it felt like winning a grammy dude honestly it really did because like i was saying i used to watch these defy shows before being allowed to do them Mm -hmm. um and seeing the defy world champion growing up, it felt like it was a very big deal. Mm-hmm. And I knew it was a very big deal. And I knew it was the biggest thing up for grabs in the Pacific Northwest and one of the biggest things up for grabs on independent wrestling. And I knew holding that championship, you would be leveled up indeed, but you would also have people coming for you left and oh, right because yeah. that's what everybody wants. But leading up to the Defy World Championship, I just... I wanted to put on the best match possible, no matter who I was out there with. And I felt like giving it my all every single time and going balls to the wall every single time and just trying to put on this amazing clinic of a match with whoever I was in the ring with, I felt like was leading me up to this championship match with Swerve. Yep. Till this day, that match with Swerve is one of my most brutal matches. One of the many few times I've bled in the ring. And... It's, it's the longest match I've ever had, actually. It yeah. was a 36-minute match, Wow, to be exact. And uh, he pushed me to my limit. Indeed, we were all around Washington mm-hmm. Hall, in and out of the ring. My face was covered in blood. We were, we were fighting. We were yep. going for each other. But I knew that 
I knew that I had to win this because I've had other Defy Championship matches in the past that I wasn't successful on. And I remember going home so disappointed in myself. I was happy in my performance, but I was disappointed that I didn't mm-hmm. win. And sometimes it started getting in my head. I was like, man, am I am I letting down the defiance? Am I are they looking at me differently because I couldn't get the job done and mm-hmm. win the championship for them? But when I did win the championship, when I tapped out Swerve, I I heard the crowd jump out of their seats and I heard this ovation they gave and it it was so loud. You know when so, something is so loud your ears start buzzing. Yeah. My ears started buzzing listening to this ovation and I felt like I just won life. I felt like I won everything. Hell yeah. All of the fans were on their feet. They yep. were so happy this happened. And it felt like a long time coming because I had those past championship matches mm-hmm. <clears throat> that unfortunately I didn't win. But when I did win, it was like, finally. It felt like we won. It, it did. felt like we won with you. Yes, that's that's what I really wanted out of this. Yes, I won a championship. Yes, I won something that is very prestigious to independent wrestling. But I felt like... Nick Wayne didn't win the Defy World Championship. Nick Wayne and the Defiance won the Defy World Championship. So that was a feeling that I will never, ever forget. It's a feeling that I'll hold on to forever and that I'll cherish for the rest of my life and that I will never take for granted. And I've said it to multiple different people and on multiple different podcasts that the Defiance has a certain energy Mm -hmm. that no other independent brings just this feeling inside Washington Hall is some type of electricity that when you feel it, it's like no other. You've yeah. never felt anything like it. So hearing the defiance already and then hearing them go to the next level once the bell rang and I won, it just, it's a feeling that I don't think I'll ever feel again. It was crazy. Yeah. It was insane, man. So unfortunately, with bringing up the Defy Championship, I have to ask naturally, what happened against Kenta, man? You lost the title. Kenta had got the best of you that night. Was it an off night? Did he get the best of you? Uh, you know, what? how would you look back on the match with Kenta and, and who's currently the Defy Champion? I would not say it was an off day because watching back the match and being in the moment felt like one of my best matches I've ever had. Mm-hmm. And going into the match, well, actually years before going into this match, I studied Kenta, and I was a big fan, still am, of Kenta's work. He's a very big inspiration of mine, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. So calling out Kenta and knowing that we were going to have this match was instant pressure applied because I then wanted to impress someone, and I wanted to put up the best fight against someone who is one of the hardest hitters in all of professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. I've seen Kenta knock people out cold. Yeah. I've seen it multiple times. That's kind of his deal. It, it kind of is. You know, <laughs> that, that go to sleep, he calls yep. it go to sleep, you're going to sleep. Yep. That's that's yep. what it is. And uh, so going into it, he's a big mentor of mine. So it was a very big fight feel for me. It was a very special moment, something that I'll cherish forever. Mm-hmm. But going into it, knowing that he's one of the hardest strikers of all time, and he's been in there with some of the hardest strikers of all time, people like Kenta Kobashi, mm-hmm. Masawa, you know, people that... Davey Richards. Yes. People, yeah. People that leave a huge impact on professional wrestling. He's been in there with, and he's even beaten. Mm-hmm. So, he when he picks me up for the go to sleep, he picks me up. Next thing I know, I'm on my back, you know? Yep. It's, you go to sleep. Yep. That's it. Yeah. 
And uh, he caught you and he knocked you out. He re- yes, actually yes. And before I know it, the Defy Championship is now out of my hands. And although it is very frustrating, it's a very sad thing that I'm no longer holding this with myself and the Defiance. I'm not looking at it as something that's the end. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to be like, well, I had my run. Cool. You know, can yeah. check that off the list. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking to get back what's mine. Mm-hmm. And Kenta now being the current Defy World Champion, that means I have to beat Kenta yeah. to get that championship. So what's really on my mind with here with here at Defy, my biggest goals coming up is to when I step back in the Defy ring is to be back in there with Kenta and to take back what's mine. And that's the Defy World Champion. Hell yeah, man. Well, we look forward to joining in on that journey and cheering you on. Uh, You know, we're going to be with you the whole way. We always have been. What's your goal in AEW, man? Oh, man. (laughs) I have multiple goals in everywhere. But if we're talking specifically AEW, my biggest goals is to be one of the best wrestlers in AEW of all time, which is a very big thing to do. You know, they have some of the crazy best. roster. Yes. They have some of the best to ever do it. They have some of the best right now. Mm-hmm. It's a very hard thing to try to accomplish, but I want to try to accomplish it. I'm going to do whatever I can to do so. I also want to win their championships. I want to win the AEW world champion, the TBS champion, the TNT mm-hmm. champion. I want to be able to do all of these things and hold all of this gold and show that I can be a staple and a pillar in AEW, and even one of the young pillars being yep. so young. Yeah. Um, Let's get you an AEW action figure. Yeah. That'd right. Let's cool. do it. Oh my gosh. That'd be cool. But um, I just I really want to leave a crazy impact on AEW. Yeah. Just like I shoot to do with everywhere else I go, I want to leave some type of mark everywhere I go. And AEW specifically, I wanna I wanna win titles. I wanna wrestle the best. I wanna leave something on AEW that people will remember forever. Awesome, man. Well, uh, it's been a few months, maybe even a year since we've talked last. You've had a lot of battles, and I feel like you would have some more scars. So why don't you pick a scar on your body this time? Show us if you can, and tell us a story of how you got the scar, Nick. Oh, man. Can I tell two? Yes. All right. So the smaller one we have is right here. It was during WrestleMania weekend at a GCW show. D, uh, GCW versus DDT. It was me and Jordan Oliver, the East West Express, against Moonlight Express, which is the team of Speedball Mike Bailey and Mao, who are from DDT. And uh, they hit this tandem moonsault together where they both stand on the top rope and they do a moonsault together next to each other uh, off the top to the outside. And just Mao's elbow came down crazy on my, my eye and busted me open. But blood started pouring all over me. It was I've never bled like that. At the time, that much in my life, I was like, this is just, this is an insane amount of blood. But I kept fighting. The match didn't stop. I didn't miss any beats. I didn't cover it. I just let the blood pour and continued the match. We ended up being victorious on top. And then later that night, about four hours later, me and Jordan then wrestled the Motor City Machine Guns, one of the greatest tag teams of all time to then win the GCW Tag Team Champions. And I remember, I remember after the, uh, the Moonlight Express Master, like, do you want to go to the stitch? Like, do you want to go to stitches at the hospital before you wrestle uh, Motor City? I was like, no, it's cool. Just, just tape it up. I just, I, I didn't want to possibly risk. Yes, I didn't want to risk missing the match or, you know, just maybe lose adrenaline from sitting in the hospital for so long. I was like, let's just tape it up and let's just keep rolling. 
and we ended up winning the championships that night. Another big scar that I have as of recent on the top of my forehead. This is a crazy one. This is when Swerve and AR Fox and Prince Nana broke into the Buddy Wayne Academy and attacked me while I was training. We got a little uh, aggressive. We started tussling, and then they broke a picture frame over my head, a picture frame that the photo was a picture of me and my father that was hanging in the garage. Very disrespectful, and I, I really took it to heart, if I'm being honest, but they cracked this over my head, and uh, the glass slipped me. I still have glass stuck in my hand right now, to be honest, but this scar is something that will stay on my body for the rest of my life, and it's, it's huge, dude. It's huge. I've never bled like this in my life. They literally left me in a puddle of my own blood. I've never... At your own house. At my own house, inside a ring that I've spent so much hours with my dad with. It was... It's, it's sick, to be honest. It's, it's really sick. Well, uh, you shed a lot of blood, and I feel like you know your battles with Swerve are going to continue to shed blood, man. I feel like, and 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 that will be equally violent on both sides. So, man, I look forward to those battles. And and Nick, thank you so much, man. For thank you so much. And, thank yeah, you, man. Hell yeah, man. Thank, thank you, you so much. It's the Defiant Ones, Nick Fucking Wayne. Professional wrestling has a brand new home where you can watch top-tier action for free. Defy, enjoy, PCW Ultra, and more. Your new destination for the very best professional wrestling. Remix.tv, where we watch wrestling.